one hello welcome to yet another wonderful episode of the underpaid and the underqualified where we're breaking world records right now being the earliest podcasts in the morning right at the crack of what it is it what is it right now 903 a.m 903 a.m is there any podcast doing it earlier than we are is there any podcast grinding harder than we are right now i don't do think want, so do you want me to answer that honestly rhetorically uh some nice middle ground between the two <laughs> we're a wonderful and amazing podcast you should totally listen to us why are we not famous yet oh my gosh uh that's a good question i spend a lot of sleepless nights wondering that to myself too and uh i don't know maybe we'll change that you ready ja let's get into it how was your week how was my week how was my week oh okay so i spent my too much money on booze <laughs> wow surprise surprise also the election <laughs> Not even that. It was just because I was like, you know what? I haven't. I need to restock some things. There's like uh, the Jameson cold brew. I guess we could just go over that. So Jameson cold brew, basically cold brew with the uh, Jameson. The fuck's a Jameson? Scotch? Scotch. Um, whiskey? Is it a whiskey? I have no idea. I have a bottle right here next to me. Let me go ahead and read that. Is that the one I bought for you a... too? You remember that? Oh, that's the uh, proper twelve. Uh, okay, it's funny because uh, Conor McGregor, I think, was advertising for the proper twelve. <laughs> all right anyways um yeah it's actually it's a whiskey coffee so um it's my excuse to drink in the morning at work because oh. it's technically coffee <laughs> what's the whiskey percentage abv 30 60 proof damn and you drink a lot of that in the morning no just on days where i'm just like i'm kind of sick of today like, because yeah, I, mean, I work in a ticketing system and it's very easily for me to be discouraged. And by the end of the day, for our patients to run thin. And so it's like, all right, I, I need something to take off the edge. You know, you're my second friend who's basically said they have to drink every day before work. Or not, not that you have to, but like, I have another friend who uh, may have been on this podcast once. <laughs> not going to say which one, but uh, basically he or she uh, says they have to take a shot every morning before work. And then their roommate was like, wait, you've been taking shots. He's like, you know, we only have double shot glasses. And he's like, oh shit. So I've been taking two double shot glasses every day before work. That's amazing. <laughs> okay. No, I don't do it necessarily every day. It's more just like, all right, we're doing it with this customer today. Cause there's definitely, I can't name them select customers where they, uh, uh irritate us a lot and complain a little bit too much. And it's like, these aren't complaints. And we already had like higher ups tell them these are not complaints. <laughs> Sounds like the evolved version of what we had to deal with at Twitter. <laughs> yeah, actually. So instead of internal where these are paying customers, so it becomes a little bit more uh, like when they're your coworkers, it's like, okay, all right, well calm down a little bit when it's customers, like I'm a paying customer. I deserve a refund. And it's yeah, like, I don't, like, what? <laughs> I don't know what's worse. Cause I've dealt with customers too. And then I've dealt with internal people and like internal people. There's this nice sense. They're like, ah, hey, we're all on the same team. You won't get too pissed. But then at the same time, uh, I don't know. They can be pretty bitchy and like customers as much as they do sucks. I feel like I got way more entertaining stories out of like crazy customers and psycho people, you know, I you know definitely more entertaining stories from the psycho people for sure. Not so much from internal internal. It becomes kind of like this, like wink, wink. Hey, we're on the same team. Help me out. But then when you go and ask them for help, then it's like, eh, do I really need to help you? It's not in my job description. So I, yeah. I, I'm still experiencing that right now. And it's like, all right. Yeah. Let's see what happens next time you ask me a question. <laughs> that used to be our motto. We don't get paid enough to care. Oh yeah. Fun it's fun. fact. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say fun 
in fact, for the listeners, the many listeners out there, that was actually the title I uh, worked. I, I was voting for that as the title of this podcast, the We Don't Get Paid Enough to Care podcast. <laughs> it was a little bit on the wee longer end. I think it would have worked because it's so long that people remember it. And it's like a phrase that like, it's easy to remember. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I think ours works anyway. So yeah. maybe in an alternate world, we would have been way more successful if we got out of that title. We'll never know. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely possible. Parallel yeah. universes. Anyways, how's your week going? Uh, it's all right. I've been watching uh, to <laughs> to relieve myself of election stress that happened because, uh, yeah, I guess there's been an election or something like that since we last podcasted. Not totally sure. I don't keep up with news. Um, just kidding. I know what's happening. Um, but, yeah, I've been watching a uh, nice show called Oz. You ever heard of it? <laughs> Why does that sound somewhat familiar? So it has nothing to do with Wiz- Wizard of Oz or anything like that, any magical happy things. It's about a prison. <laughs> it's about a male prison. And uh, it was made in 1997. Dude, I swear to God, this might be like, it might as well be a horror TV show for like all the dark fucked up shit that's happened. It's like the most intense show I've possibly ever seen. And that's been occupying my time. (laughs) I'm like, I'm trying to wrap around that and I should probably look that up since I have a computer in front of me. Uh, You don't have to. TV. I can just tell you. I mean, it's basically, have you seen Orange is the New Black? No. But I have an idea what it is. Oh, I get it now. (laughs) So it's the most intense. I don't even want to like repeat exactly what's happened because it's 9 a.m. and all the nice people around will be mortified by the shit that happens. But uh, I don't even know if I want to say on the show, but I'll just say it's the most it's one of the most intense TV shows I've ever watched. And I've watched it and I binged all 56 episodes close to in almost about two weeks. And uh I'm not sure if I'm desensitized because now I'm at the point where it doesn't seem as fucked up. So maybe um, I've been corrupted, but uh, it doesn't seem as fucked up in the later seasons, but strangely entertaining. I don't know. It's like, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's unique because, you know, like we never had the like hour long sitcoms and like the Breaking Bads, the Sopranos before like 2000, you know, this was uh, 1997. So I feel like this show was almost like, ahead of its time and like the precursor for that. And they brought up a lot of issues that are like kind of brought up today, like race relations and like riots and things happening like that. And also like sexual abuse in the workplace. I'm like, God damn, this was 1997. I'm like, this is all shit that's like been brought up in the last five years. And yeah, I don't know. So uh nice, happy show recommendation for you, Oz. Uh, yeah. I think that's pretty. Mm-hmm. When you bring up like, yeah, you know, they're ahead of their time. I, I, I don't think that's really, Correct to say it's more like we haven't fixed our sh- fixed our shit since. Yeah, that too. It's kind of a mix of both. Well, ahead of its time in the fact that like TV is talking about it. You know what I mean? Because I feel like oh, you right. didn't hear about that shit on TV. During the time of X Files, Malcolm Middle and Friends. <laughs> yeah, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hey, that shit um, <laughs> did you watch that ever? I mean, I was a little kid, and at the time, I'm like, all right, it's killing monsters. That's cool. I want to watch. <laughs> And then I realized it has a plot, then I lost interest. Yeah, I don't know. Sarah Michelle Gellar was hot. <laughs> That's all I'll say. I never she, watched it. Maybe it's She was amazing. attractive. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, other than that, yeah, I don't know. How's your week going, Ja? Wait, you just asked that. <laughs> I bought alcohol. I okay, well, okay, yeah, no, so reiterate, it was a little bit, it's very early. <laughs> oh yeah, so it was a little bit of me trying different things. So I realized that I am beyond a basic bitch. So I bought three bottles of different Stella Rosa. Um, if you go on their website, it's basically like screaming basic bitch. Stella Rosa, like the wine? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. You know, I actually went to a winery a few weeks ago, too. You ever nice. been to a winery? 
I've been to wineries, yes. And then I have a friend right now that's asking me, hey, let's go to this this one winery that was opened up by uh, a gaming developer. Oh, that's cool. Where's it at? Napa? <laughs> Makes sense. I know the, the name blood. of the winery, but then uh, there's a Kenzo Estate. I just don't know where it is. Oh, that actually sounds familiar. I was looking up a bunch to like try to find the best one to go to when I went like a few weeks back. But uh, did you see the pictures of the one I went to? Yes. Yeah. It looked like a fucking castle, dude. You should actually, I'd recommend that one if like you guys need a good one. Like it's not too expensive either. Like uh, I forget the exact price for like a tasting flight, but if you straight up feel like you're in Game of Thrones when you're there. <laughs> nice. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Good wine. I was thinking about ordering some too, but uh, anyways, we digress. Let's uh, let's get into it. So topic for this week. Uh, last week we talked about cancel culture and things that got canceled. And uh, let's be honest. Um, what's, what's worse than something that's left unfinished, right? Like you have a good storyline or like a good movie and like the story. I thought of like, a third one. Okay. We're good. <laughs> Jaws bringing up some banter from off the podcast. Uh, but I'll get back to that anyways. Um, yeah, so what's worse than something that's left unfinished? Is there anything worse, Ja? I had something involving food. Oh, when you're like leftovers that you're super excited for and the fridge goes bad. So that is fucking terrible. I think that's number two. This is actually number one. There's just nothing worse than it. Something that's left unfinished TV or movie wise. <laughs> um, so yeah, the topic for this week is um, basically... Are there any franchises or, you know, TV shows or movies where you're like really into the story and you're liking the direction that it's going in and you're all set for the next season. And then the big bad, you know, television producer announcer says it's canceled. You know, it's always a bummer and nobody likes it. Um, but I think there are specific franchises that like it hurts more than others because, you know, stuff that we were into. So me and Ja are going to go through three uh franchises that we really dug that got canceled preemptively and uh we're really bummed by and i don't know maybe all the tv executives will hear our world famous podcast for the millions and uh bring the shows back what do you think jock that'd be great <laughs> yeah i think we're at that point now um yeah and Ja was saying three because he only had two examples before and i guess now he has three so we're all set <laughs> exactly now we have a complete show now it's six out of six complete as opposed to when it was five out of six which would have been we'd be doing you guys a disservice yeah before we were gonna try to sneak it and see if nobody noticed but uh i'm sure you all would have so yeah can't get us on that you bitches <laughs> anyways all right kick us off vince all right um this one is gonna be a blunt one uh if anyone knows me actually i don't know if i talked about this as much but i felt like it was very relevant in my tv like discussions with people but uh daredevil i think a lot of people watch this tv show um last season came out about two years ago i think you watched it too right Joe? yes it's a wonderful show the um it was a little slow honestly the second and third season they went to four seasons right uh three three okay so the second season i just remember the middle was a little slow for me and then the third season where it's like damn <laughs> yeah exactly because it got dark right yes and i like dark yeah, exactly. So I think Daredevil was a really cool starting when it started about like, I think it was like 2013, maybe 2012 around that time. Um, I think it was a really cool new perspective on the whole superhero genre thing, because instead of, you know, the big flashy, like expensive, you know, Iron Man, Captain America kind of superheroes, Daredevil was always kind of a fan favorite. I feel like, you know, people knew about Daredevil, but or cult favorite, I should say he wasn't, you know, on the same level as a Superman, Batman, whatever, Spider-Man type of thing. 
he was kind of the cool lesser known kind of b popularity b level popularity uh character and um you know there was the dare there was the movie with ben Affleck back in way back when um and i remember actually liking the movie when i was a kid because i was i don't know eight <laughs> and uh i think times just kind of change but now it seems a little cartoony so i think what they did with daredevil was to contrast both the old movie and like all the current movies that you're getting now with you know big budget like superhero like superpower like explosions and things like that and make it more grounded and realistic even though it was still like fiction and like magical you know supernatural shit did occasionally happen it was very grounded and it was more like a like dark gritty character study on you know this person who's trying to be a lawyer by day and then you know vigilante by night it's kind of like it felt very much like marvel's answer to batman which you know sometimes it's been called that but uh yeah went three seasons um first season was uh really i think it got really strong reviews um you know the guy that played kingpin vincent d'onofrio he got really great reviews did you were you a fan of his performance as a villain um i'm trying to think like i i I would say that it was good but was i like a major fan i think it worked for the context of daredevil because like yeah. there's definitely where uh, some superheroes were or villains it's kind of like okay you know they're kind of villains for really petty dumb reasons and it worked back in the 70s 60s um and daredevil is a street level hero like what we in the comic book universe call them like there's people who go off in space to fight that then there's people who are like the avengers who you can think of are immediately and daredevil is definitely a street level hero which is like he's definitely an avenger but he's also not the first person you think of during cataclysmic events um and so definitely some of the villains, they, uh, depending on how a lot of like media and how like newer, whatever, uh, try to portray the character, then it really helps if they do spin it in a different way, then yeah. And I think like what they did with him, um, I think this was a little kind of weird and I'm like, all right, you kind of off. But then when they kind of <laughs> like mean dove, his voice or just like his vibe, I think no, just his backstory was a little bit weird in his vibe. It was huh. very kind of just like, for me, it gave off like. I think I'm kind of stupid, but at the same time, it's like, no, I'm a genius freaking mastermind. And like, after they expanded on his story a little bit more, I was like, oh, that explains a lot of his demeanor and it, it, the character that they they developed in the beginning. So it was like over time, it was a gradual process for me. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he got really great reviews for his performance. Cause if you've seen the guy, Vincent D'Onofrio, the guy who plays Kingpin, he, you know, he's nothing, he's nothing. It's not like he's just doing his regular personality. He's putting on a voice and a whole demeanor and he seems a lot bigger than he is in real life. But, uh, yeah, I think he killed the role personally. And uh, I, his backstory, it was cool that they explored it a little bit. And it another thing that I liked so much about it is, like, 13 episodes, which usually seems too much, was, like, gave them ample opportunity to really delve into a story and get into it, which you don't usually have with that kind of format, you know, of the typical, uh, like, I don't know, hour and a half to two hour long Marvel movies, et cetera. Um, yeah, and then... the. Between three seasons, uh, I know people had mixed reviews about the second one. I I thought each one was great for a different reason. You know, the first season was kind of his intro season, kind of set up how he eventually got the soup by the end. Spoiler alert. And then second season introduced uh, all these, the, fuck, where were they? <laughs> the ninjas. Um, the hand. Punisher. Oh, yeah, the hand. That was it. And uh, Punisher, played by John Bernathal, which was great. And then Elektra, and then 
third season I loved so much. And I think this is why it's painful that it got canceled was uh, I thought third season just ended on the best note possible in terms of it was the best season for my taste. It was uh, a really dark and gritty season that explores like a person who's down and like, you know, not at their best by any means and like loses their faith. You know, it's based on uh, the comic born again, um, which is, you know, one of the most famous like Marvel comics period where daredevil basically just like has a bunch of bad stuff happens to him and has to kind of like overcome and rise through it. And that's just like, you know, that it's a simple tale, you know, somebody's down, they have to get back up, but like it's effective and it's like been used in different tropes throughout like TV movies. So uh, yeah, I think it ended on the best note, but at the same time, I just wanted more. I just felt like they, it's just ending on that note. It's, it's nice that you did get a good kind of goodbye, but at the same time, it's, I think the thing was just nobody expected it to get canceled. You know what I mean? Like, were you surprised when it got canceled? I think it became a complicated thing where, like, in the comic book community, when uh, Disney bought out Netflix, or not bought, uh, bought out uh, Marvel, yeah, it, a lot of content, a lot of IP became, like, in limbo. Um, like, how are we going to – how are they going to do this? How are they going to split? So then, same thing with the Fox merger. People were afraid, like, the one thing that we absolutely all love and think is beautiful is Deadpool – is a rated R thing. And Disney, for the most part, on their direct labels, they don't do it rated R. They, for the most part, do like PG-13 at most. Um, yeah. Because rated R, it's difficult to sell because you lose the child market base and people don't tend to bring, if you're a good parent, you don't tend to bring your kids to a rated R movie. But um, if you're a cool parent, you do. <laughs> yeah, or you have an older brother. <laughs> Anyways, but um, so it becomes like, okay, what do we do? What's going on with this? And so it becomes a, a lot of that. And that's when we realized that they didn't say it because a lot of Disney contracts with Marvel is actually very hush-hush. So mm-hmm. like nobody knows the actual details of uh, a lot of these different mergers. Uh, Spider-Man, Sony uh, collaboration partnership. Nobody knows the details behind it. Like that thing is like under like ironclad lawsuits uh, or lawyers protecting it. The other one is Hulk is technically not owned by uh disney oh i actually didn't know that is that why there's never been a hulk movie since the edward norton one exactly so because they try to relegate hulk as a side character and just have him in cameos or have him as like also with hulk kind of movies so that's why they purposely do not have a hulk movie um so nobody knows the details behind that partnership as well so it becomes like okay we disney got marvel back or bought marvel in its entirety what happens to netflix and well we know the answer that they pulled that shit yeah well i think at the time i remember because uh another thing about daredevil is it's set up this kind of like cinematic universe uh of tv shows you know you had uh luke cage jessica jones iron fist and punisher and those kind of like had uh, varying levels of success you know like i think iron fist was notoriously the stinker nobody liked and uh, Jessica Jones season one was like, I think as highly reviewed as Daredevil for the most part. Uh, Luke Cage had kind of mixed reviews. I th- actually thought season two was really, really great. And similarly, I was bummed when it was canceled. Um, but I think when those shows started to get canceled, when the merger happened, I think nobody was surprised about Iron Fist. They're like, okay, yeah, figures. A little People were a little more surprised by Luke Cage. Like, oh, wow, okay, well, I guess it wasn't that popular. But then when Daredevil happened, I remember being like, I won't say shocked, but definitely like, really? Like, like, so this isn't a matter of like 
fan support like it must do with the merger or just i don't know maybe it wasn't pulling in the numbers because there's a lot of netflix shows that get canceled that you'd be surprised by you know oh dang now i just saw a fourth one <laughs> a fourth one oh <laughs> well i don't know you could squeeze it in if you want at some point um but yeah i don't know i think uh funny enough i just read that the there was some embargo or period where they couldn't use daredevil in disney uh i believe two years yeah, so now apparently it's just up. So I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah, so it, it becomes like right now they're going to introduce a new character called Moon Knight in the Disney Plus series. And so Moon yeah. Knight is just basically this guy who has a mental health disease, but he's he's actually the one that a lot of people will say is a Marvel's Batman because he is a rich uh, billion millionaire who has basically, instead of a bat, uses the moon. But also it becomes kind of like the supernatural thing where it's like, I think he's possessed by a, a thing that makes him super strong and uh, does these crazy uh, superhero antics. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's basically the mentally unstable version of Batman in the Marvel yeah. universe. Um, so they're doing that. And he's considered like that quote unquote uh, street level hero as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're trying to expand that and expand the people that Marvel right now, this phase is focusing on the obscure characters, the ambiguous characters. Yeah. Like and She-Hulk. so <laughs> She-Hulk. Yeah. So she did, she was very prominent in the early two thousands, but then again, they started doing weird stuff with her in this terms of like, because she was never as strong as a Hulk. She was basically like Hulk light. Mm-hmm because like the Hulk was a direct one because of this other reason that they end up explaining later. Yeah. Because like nobody can ever be stronger than the original in that sense. Um, so yeah, so they're just trying to expand a lot of these people like Captain Marvel actually was, was a super strong character, but nobody ever talked about her until like much later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And they're, and, and I think they're also trying to phase in the more popular ones that they can now post like at some point. I mean, they basically confirmed they're going to do X-Men and um, fantastic four at some point. But who knows when? Because they've got so many, so many projects like lined up. It's just going to be such a monopoly on the movies and like TV industry when they like finally get their shit in full swing, you know? Yeah, that's the thing is that right now it's that because they've written themselves in a way where it's difficult to kind of navigate the waters, at least continuity wise, of how to introduce some of these characters, right? It's kind of like, okay, where were the X Men the entire time? Where was uh, Fantastic Four the entire time? Because these are very prominent roles, very prominent characters in the um, comic book sphere. Yeah, when I, there's any type of like major event, they're there. Yeah, um, I think I, I I think the rumor is that like Doctor Strange, you know, the next movie there's going to be like the multiverse thing, and somehow that's going to be how they introduce all these different people, or maybe something with Wandavision, something psychedelic. I don't know. Yeah, so those those two actually intertwine. Um, let's see. So the Wandavision thing, they're they're basing it off the story of House of M, where basically she kind of like screws over the universe where there's an alternate reality where mm-hmm. she's happy and mm-hmm. at the end of it it was no more mutants so the entire yeah. population was several million plummeted to several only a couple hundred and so it was basically an extinction event um so they're they're speculating all right it's going to be the reverse where they produce mutants um and but however whatever she does with vision that's going to definitely break something where uh, Doctor Strange the movie will come out and say he's going to fix the multiverse. Oh, okay. That's, that's knows, the connection there. John knows this shit on comics. Um, yeah. 
So that's pretty cool. So going back to our original point, like just the the sheer scale of this kind of shit is why it's hard to imagine a show like Daredevil coming back when there's this many projects coming in the pipeline, you know, for Marvel. But uh, at the same time, it would be just amazing if they do just somehow reunite all the cast and assume they're not doing anything else and uh, just bring them back for more seasons and keep the same kind of, you know, work crew and whatnot. And uh, it's really hard to imagine, but at the same time, it would be really awesome because goddamn Daredevil was a great show. So, Asian yeah. Iron Fist. <laughs> Yo, okay, so I saw the person that they like the the guy who ran, and I think I've mentioned this in the past episodes. Oh my gosh, he actually knows like martial arts, and is not yeah. a shitty actor. Anyways, yeah, but yeah, anything would have fixed Iron Fist. I think the guy who played him didn't play him very well, and uh, he was the drunk guy, right? The Asian guy you're thinking of. He was yeah, like the, him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not drunk in real life. He's drunk in the show. <laughs> yeah, he was doing Drunken Fist, which is actually a super cool uh, martial art. Yeah, that'd be funny. He shows up to his audition drunk. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's the reason you, why we, uh, to catch you that cast you that role. Yeah. What do you think will happen first? The first Asian Iron Fist or the first Black James Bond? <laughs> Probably the Black James Bond because that's what sells in papers before I get yeah. on my own soapbox. Yeah, well, I think it'll be everyone's talking about Idris Elba. I mean, now Daniel Craig's out in the next one, so we'll yeah, there you said it like, yeah, Idris Elba's not going to be the next one, but then the one after, um, they it's not going to be Idris Elba or someone like that. Like, jury's still out. Hmm. Yeah, he says no, but I mean, there have been times that they say bullshit and then it's like not true, but we'll see. I don't know. Anyways, uh, I went kind of long on that one, so your turn, Josh. <laughs> All right, so. The example that I have is a little bit older. Um, for anybody here, have you guys ever heard of the show Dead Like Me? All right. So I realized I asked a rhetorical question, and I did not realize it was a rhetorical question, which probably means I'm still not awake. Right, I was going like- to answer, but I got distracted. But no, Ja, I haven't seen Dead to Me. Oh, Dead Like Me. So Dead Like Dead- Me is it's about a show where uh, there are people that have Reapers, right? So they touch you. And then uh, when you die, your your soul pops out before you die. So like you retain whatever you're, you look like that time. And also they're supposed to help you transition onto the afterlife. Um, the So like there's an example where like they end up touching the person's body after they get into an accident. So now they look like basically a train wreck. Hmm. Um, but also there's episodes where like people didn't want to move on. They had to help them move on. And so the reason why like, I really enjoyed the show was because um, it was very comedic. It, it kind of like explained death in a way, right? And death mm-hmm. is a very, it's a, it's a topic that a lot of people wrestle and struggle with. Like even some of these people here, it's um, they even have like a episode where they talked about like, what was your final thoughts? Um, not like what were your last words, but your final thought. Cause that's, if you think about it, much more meaningful than your final words because you still are thinking before like you die before you speak or after you speak mm-hmm. and so like um there's also kind of like they also play like, fun at the whole reaper thing where reapers are kind of like it's like an office thing where um if you die or no, if um if a reaper hits their quota right the last person that they reaped becomes the new reaper to take their place mm. um so it's like all right, how like many... the San- it's kind of like the santa claus <laughs> yeah actually <laughs> and so yeah it was it was portrayed in a very comedic way everybody brings in their different personality these people are kind of just trying to muscle through everything just because it's like well i'm a reaper and i've been doing this for like 100 years 10 years something like that it's getting to me they still need to lead normal lives as well mm-hmm. which is it's, it's kind of like their version of a second chance at life 
And so a lot of them try to like, oh, I need to make amends. But at the same time, it's like the more that you try to fix it, the more that it actually hurts everyone around them because people don't know that they're dead and they don't, and they can't say that. They can't break that. They can't cross that line. Hmm. And their faces kind of change a little bit to what other people um, uh, perceive. Just huh. so identity change. You know, looking this up, this is totally different than what I thought. The way you described it, I was getting like, you know, that anime bleach. <laughs> uh, okay, no, not that. <laughs> I was picturing it because you said like reapers and like souls and things like that. And that's for anyone who doesn't know, that's an anime that deals with that. So I thought this was like an anime the whole time. And then I saw the guy from uh, Princess Bride. I was like, okay, this is not an anime. <laughs> Also, like the uh, the actor guy, one of the head reapers, he's um, I think he's in another show. Yeah, CSI or whatever. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, something criminal like that. Oh, and I think it's NCIS. Wait, hold up. No, it's not NCIS. Wait, something what's ah? Oh, geez, what's the one? Mandy. You're thinking of the guy, right? Mandy Pat Pattenkin. Oh yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. What's the one? It's like one of those CSI NCIS. Okay, he's in Homeland. He's in, oh, he's in Princess Bride. Okay, Criminal Minds. Yeah, Criminal Minds, that's it. God, there's so many of those shows. Those are shows I do not keep up with. They're all the same to me. <laughs> yeah, so, like, he did that. And so I really enjoyed it because, well, one, it was fun. That was mostly what I watched it for. But now reflecting on it, it really tackles a lot. Because, like, a lot of people have really wrestled with the concept of death. Like, why did this happen? How, why, why, why does death exist in this world? Hmm. And so I think it really addresses that. And it really helps with that. Um, Damn. Yeah. That's a good sell because uh, I've totally never heard of it. But looking at it now and the way you described it, I'm pretty, let's say my interest is peaked. Um, you ever heard of the show Six Feet Under? I think it ran similar with that. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I just saw an article that said like this was like Showtime and Six Feet Under was HBO and they were kind of like competing like similar kind of theme shows. Funny enough, Six Feet Under is actually the show next on my list to watch because people always say it's like a classic show. So I don't know, maybe I'll watch both and compare them. Yeah, one lasted five seasons, the other one lasted two seasons. Oh, damn, only two. Were they mm-hmm. long seasons or like 13 episodes? 13. Um, reading from oh, – I lost the page. Uh, I think it was 29, 29 episodes. 29 episodes each season or just total? Uh, I think total. Uh, okay, well, that's not too bad, I guess. But, yep, yeah, oh, well, RIP. <laughs> no pun intended for a Reaper show. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. It does sound like a really cool show from uh, how you described it. Any other thoughts or was that it? That's pretty much it. All right. So next one for me. Um, trying to remember the other two I thought of. Um, oh, gee. Chuck. Uh, truth be told, I'm not sure if you got the word Chuck once or twice because we had to pause it. <laughs> but for anyone who didn't know because it didn't record. Yeah. Chuck. Chuck's the show um, that I'm picking. So, yeah. Chuck was. Uh, have you heard of Chuck? Chuck? Uh, yes, murdering stuff, and I tried to get into it, but I got kind of bored after the first episode. You say murdering stuff? Yeah, isn't it about murdering stuff? No, I think you're thinking of definitely a different show. <laughs> oh, wait, you're thinking of Dexter, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of shows with one single first name as the title. <laughs> there's also, like, My Name is Earl, too. Yeah, that... <laughs> uh good old days what, what uh, great okay. tv we had with my name is earl but uh no chuck the fact that you do, uh i mean looking at chuck now does it look familiar yes i have no idea what this is about exactly so i think that was the whole thing with chuck it kind of had this like popularity but it had a very strong cult following i guess where the fans that did like it were really into it and really devoted to it like uh it happened to air from like 2007 to like 2012 
And uh, right around the second or third season was the writer strike. And uh, the fans actually peti- uh, petitioned with Subway, had some like Subway sandwich deal that went on to like, like get more exposure about Chuck and make sure it didn't get canceled. Um, so that kind of shows you how intense the fans were about the show. Um, and I was kind of in that group, you know, I'm a little lazy, <laughs> so I might not have done the Subway thing, but God damn, I really got into that show. Um, and the reason why for um, anyone who's not heard of it, it was a show that kind of mixed uh, a lot of good genres. I think it had like a James Bond kind of spy espionage kind of element to it, but it had really solid comedy with Zach Levi, you know, the guy who went on to play Shazam. So kind of picture the way he was as Shazam, that kind of like comedy sensibility, but in like uh, you know, 20 something kind of tech nerd that works at Best Buy and had a lot of good action, you know, good solid fight scenes, and then kind of like a building romance story through it. So kind of a hodgepodge of four genres that I dig. Um, and yeah, for anyone who doesn't know the basic story, it's uh, basically this guy, Chuck, went to college at Stanford, and he had a friend there named Bryce. And um, one day, Bryce um, just uh, frames him for being for cheating, you know, so uh, makes it look like that Chuck cheated and kind of presents it to the academic people. And as a result, Chuck gets expelled and he's just like, what the hell? Like, why? And then Bryce just never gives him a reason and just insists that he did it, you know. So as a result, Chuck feels super demotivated and uh, doesn't want to live up to his potential. So he kind of works at a store called uh, it's called Buy More. And it's like their ver- it's a fictional Best Buy, you know, it's uh, so instead of buy more, it's called Best Buy. And then instead of Geek Squad, they have uh, it's called the Nerd Herd and he works for the Nerd Herd. So he kind of wears that, you know, like uh, semi formal look of the tie and the white T-shirt and whatnot. And uh, then that's kind of the background of the show. But basically one day uh, Bryce Larkin sends him an email and he opens it. And it's all these uh, like flashing images that come into his brain. And what you find out is those images were placed every single government secret subliminally into his mind. And that was the only copy of them uh, for both like the NSA and the CIA. And uh, so basically he has every single government secret in his brain and the way he can access them. If he sees like a triggering piece of info, he does what's called a flash. And then he like, uh, like his brain kind of goes through an intense kind of like neurons firing thing. And he can like summon the information they need. And uh, because he's the only source of this, like the CIA and NSA both take a handler there to like, uh, like use him and like use him as an asset and like, make sure he's like safe and, you know, not injured. And one of the people the NSA dude is like this really tough a grunty kind of guy and then the cia persons is female that's really attractive and you know kind of romance kind of develops there but uh the mystery of the show is why bryce uh the friend sent him those emails um because oh, i forgot to mention you find out bryce is also working in the cia and that's partially why he did the thing where he expelled chuck from college but the mystery is you don't know why exactly. And, uh, you know, the show kind of grows over time based on that premise. But uh, I don't know. Did that sound familiar uh, from what you thought of Chuck at all ever? I, I literally have no idea the premise <laughs> of this TV show until everything you just explained and everything I just Googled as you were talking. Yeah. What do you think based on that? I don't know. Unique at least, right? I think it, it fits during the time where like secret agent stuff was a lot more very interesting and a lot more like prominent. So like definitely Hollywood goes through phases of things. And so like, uh, you remember Steve Carell's like get smart. Yeah. I never saw something that. like that. Yeah. Um, 
like it was probably like it was an extended era but definitely like a lot of these like secret agent type stuff cia yeah. the mystery behind that and so like for this it's like oh, okay and then seeing zachary levy or levi yeah levi right levi yep yeah zachary levi and i'm like oh that's where he's famous in because i thought he was like the guy from scrubs wait is he the guy from scrubs <laughs> zach braff yeah, so I get those two mixed up. Anyways. A lot of people get him and uh, John Krasinski mixed up. They say they look alike, which I kind of see, but I kind of don't, you know? It's like similar. Yeah, I don't get that mixed up. I think they have a similar face, but, I mean, one has, like, olive skin and one is, like, you know, as white as it gets. <laughs> I mean, one has, like, a different nose. I would say, like, that's yeah. how I would see the difference. Yeah, Jim's get that big honker. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. Um, um yeah, I think that's all I have to say. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it was around the time of, like, the Bourne Identity movies, too, so that was a big spy thing. And then, um, I don't know, the Mission Impossible movies are always kind of going on, I guess. But, uh, yeah, anyways, with Chuck, um, it, it ran for five seasons, um, which for NBC is not too bad because NBC is notorious. I feel like NBC is the worst for canceling shows, it seems like, of any show. You know, ABC seems like they have shows that go on for, like, seven, ten seasons. But, um, I don't know, NBC usually – with the exception of like maybe the office and parks and rec cancel shows pretty liberally. And um, with Chuck, I think what was great, it was like more than any other show, the storyline just really progressed far. Like every season there was like massive changes and um, it was based on that platform of kind of mixing like action and spy and mystery and romance and all these things. Like it really felt like the show could go anywhere. They could introduce anyone like, Season four, uh, Timothy Dalton, who played one of the James Bond villains, uh, was in the show. Or sorry, James Bond was in the show as a villain, and then um, they just got Linda Hamilton as like Chuck's mom later in the show. You know, the person who was in Terminator. So, and Scott Bakula, um, anyone who might know him, he was in uh, Quantum Leap, this '80s sci-fi show. Um, he eventually was Chuck's dad, so it was kind of like it had this huge platform where they could go anywhere and um five seasons is you know solid nothing worth complaining about but at the same time just based on the premise and how many different directions it could go it was super disappointing i think ending at five it was a show that felt like it could go at least eight maybe eight to ten so i was bummed when it was ending but at the same time glad we got at least five seasons that's a good run yeah yeah it could be worse but uh yeah chuck recommend it it's on amazon prime yeah what do you think john you think you would ever watch one episode (laughs) yeah would hurt. Yeah, one episode can't hurt. One Anyways. episode can't hurt, and then like my entire time gets sucked in forever and never. <laughs> I'd be surprised. I don't know. I think you would like it. It's got some good humor. You like Zach Levi, right? Yeah, it was good in Shazam. Yeah, he's got good charisma. I think. Um. All right. Next. Well, so I'm trying to think of like my next one. All right, into the Badlands. We're going with that one, and it's really funny because okay, so this is like a dystopian future where. Basically, technology is like run to shit and it goes on this like kind of like a similar caste system. And then everybody has basically territories and everyone's trying to figure out like what is going on, how does the world end? And there's like this um, supernatural, like people are going back to like using martial arts to fight, right? So like guns actually don't exist um, during this post apocalyptic thing. And everybody has to resort to like blades, knives, hatchets, or whatever. Hmm. And so it's kind of like a Western almost. Um, for a dystopian future and it, it produced this uh i guess he's a famous hong kong actor he's actually from the bay area and it's funny because one of the pastors of my church used to have play dates with him <laughs> wow How growing up. 
Uh, the guy is actually how old is he now? He's probably like in his thirties or something, huh? Daniel Fu. Daniel Wu. Ah, oh, whoops, sorry. <laughs> I was uh, like, why, why is Daniel Fu not showing up on Google right now? So he was born in 1974. Oh, okay, all right. So yeah, so um, it was really good martial arts. It was a lot of that stuff. Um, they got a lot of actors also doing it. A lot of like other ethnicity actors. They had really cool weapons. Everyone's doing it. And it was super cool. I really enjoyed it, especially for people who are like into the fight season, into a lot of this type of stuff. Yeah. And it was really discouraging because like it, it was very promising in the first couple of episodes that like it seemed like a lot of people were enjoying it. But over time, it just didn't do well. And it eventually got canceled after uh, was it, two or three seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think three. I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. Yes. So it was canceled after three seasons. And it's like, oh, that's a little discouraging. I really did enjoy it. And they, a lot of people, when they saw the season finale, they weren't really exactly happy with the direction they're going. So it's like, all right, they cut off at a good time. Mm, Like they gave it some closure. Actually, they gave it a fair amount of closure before spinning off to the next um, story arc, Hmm. which is, I'm glad and appreciate they did. But at the end of the day, it was still considered a cancellation. And so I, I miss it. (laughs) <laughs> it, it was great it, it was during a time where it's like all right we're starting to get like asian american actors getting more prominent roles i think this was bef- this is way before our crazy rich asians mm. and do now you think, hmm? do you think was the action like the highlight of the show like if you had to pick one thing that was like the most essential ingredient was it the high the action was the highlight oh yeah i know some of the acting was a little bit up like the story everything was kind of just like all right yeah yeah i realized that this is fantasy sci-fi I think dystopian of the future makes it sci-fi, but then because of the way they portrayed everything was more on the fantasy end. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. So, oh, sorry. You can go. Yeah, and I, I really did enjoy it, but unfortunately it was canceled probably obviously due to poor ratings. Um like it was on was it uh not uh, AMC. AMC. And so it's competing against Walking Dead and such like that. Yeah, it's, it's just funny how Walking Dead is about to do like what ten seasons, maybe eleven, <laughs> and like I think it feels like the fan base is pretty like over it for the most part. A lot of people are just like you know quit watching that show, but then other shows like only get three seasons. It's kind of surprising. Yeah, and it's like well they and like I read a lot of reports of like did AMC want to even try to save the show, and it sounded like it was kind of half assed. So for me, like seeing that was like I. You gave Walking Dead them much screen time, where as like I don't know anybody who watches Walking Dead anymore. Yeah, I know like a few people, but I feel like they don't talk about it. They only watch it because they've invested so much time that they feel like they can't not watch, so they don't even enjoy it. It's like a hate watch in a way, you know? Exactly. And so like shows like Supernatural, where people like joke about how like long it is, how repetitive it is, but at the same time, the fan base is like, no, we still love it. It's great. And with The Walking Dead, it's like. Honestly, I'm watching it because I've already spent way too much of my adult life watching this. <laughs> yeah, I can't accept that all this, this show that I devoted 900 hours into has been a waste, you know? <laughs> yeah, and seeing how, like, AMC, it's like, all right, this is the direction you chose to run with? All right, great. <laughs> the, yeah. the fact that they're not supporting it. Yeah, it's weird, too, because Walking Dead is supposed to have, like, so many goddamn spinoffs. Like, there's Fear of the Walking Dead... There's this other new Walking Dead spinoff that just came out. And then like two of the characters on Walking Dead, Carol and Daryl are literally going to have their own spinoff. So it's just like, Jesus, like are, are that many people into the show still? Like it's amazing. It's 
just let it die oh my gosh like i did not know people actually cared like i think the comic because it originally started from the comic books and i think even my comic book universe like people that i follow they're like we stopped caring <laughs> they ended the comics actually the graphic novels are done yeah like because the comics are done and they're like the show's just running at this point so it's like we, we just don't care yeah yeah, I don't know. I uh, maybe it's like you know how like being on the like living in the Bay Area, you're exposed to like unique like specific opinions here that are very different from the Midwest. Maybe, maybe it has like a giant Midwest following, and just people in Georgia love it. I don't know. Actually, it's true because it was from predominantly based in the South, right? Yeah, it was filmed in Georgia, I think, or Atlanta. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I know the first arc they're trying to go to CDC, and the CDC is located in Atlanta, Georgia. But I yeah, know going back to the into the badlands so it's definitely a show where if you are going for the action great if you're going for asian representation great if you're going for the um storytelling not so great but <laughs> at the end of the day it was still an enjoyable thing and when people will go back to it and they're like yeah no the fight scenes were great it was introducing like martial arts again uh definitely in a very fun way and seeing all the different types like for me it's like i know like a rough idea of different martial arts so seeing that being displayed and showcased that was super fun. Hmm. You know, it's interesting. I'm looking at the three seasons. It has, like, very mixed reviews season to season. Like, first season got 54% on Rotten Tomatoes. It only had six episodes. And then second season was 100% uh, with 10 episodes. And then third season was 88% with 16 episodes. <laughs> 16 episodes. Like, Jesus. That's yeah, like, so no. if I recall correctly, AMC kept changing the order they want for a number of episodes, I think if I recall correctly. And so that's why like the numbers were a little bit weird. And so that's why people were left to wonder like, what are you doing with this? Like <laughs> you, it's like, you didn't really take the time to care for this. And it really made me wonder, it's like you set this up for failure. Yeah. It says it was a counterpart to walking dead. Like when it showed at the time too, like you said, so I bet walking, I mean, that must've played a big role into it. Well, I guess maybe not. I don't know. Maybe because it wasn't competing. Right. You know, I guess. It wasn't, but then like they were definitely putting a lot more love to it. And because they're on like a network like that, it could have helped or couldn't have helped. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, true. Yeah. Oh, well, RIP. It sounds interesting, though. You're actually bringing up some shows that I haven't heard of, but um, uh, my interest has peaked in both so far. So good job, Joe. Thank you. All right. So uh, next show, uh, my final one. Uh, you're familiar with the Evil Dead franchise, right? Yes. Yeah. And they're basically just fun, like ridiculous horror movies, like kind of have elements of comedy, kind of have elements of like actual scary shit that happens in there. Um, and uh, directed by Sam Raimi, you know, uh, some people might know him as the director of Spider-Man movies, the Tobey Maguire ones, which uh, I still like personally, some people not so much. But uh, Evil Dead was kind of where it was uh, his first breakthrough. And they released, you know, the three movies, um, Evil Evil Dead 1, 2, and then um, Army of Darkness, which came out. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it's basically, um, it's kind of like a zombie. It's kind of like almost like a precursor to the zombie craze, you know? It's basically uh, this Necronaut, uh, basically, it, it's hard to describe. It's basically it's part of the it, previous era of zombies. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I was going to say it's like the intersection between different things. It has like zombie elements with like types of like, uh monsters that you're seeing but they're not really zombies and then there's like the, the kind of it laid the groundworks for like the stereotypical horror movies you know the cabin in the woods kind of horror movie where like horny teens go to a cabin for the weekend and then shit goes down and only like one ends up alive you know 
Um, Cause that's basically the concept of the first one, you know, but a group of teens go to a cabin and then um, they open up this book called the Necronomicon and the Necronomicon like summons all these like spirits and evil uh, things and that possess people and turn them into like demons, zombie looking people. But uh, so it's kind of a mix of that. And it kind of laid the groundwork for a lot of horror movies considered an essential horror movie. And uh, the main character, um, Ash Williams, played by, um, oh, geez, I'm forgetting his name. <laughs> Bruce, uh, what's his name? Bruce. Springsteen. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Bruce Springsteen takes over. Oh, uh, God. Well, anyways, Bruce, uh, can you look that up while I try to remember? Uh, are we looking for the... Uh... Hold up. I'm going to look it up. Ash Williams, played by... Bruce Campbell. There we go. Yeah. Bruce Campbell, who's friends with Sam Raimi, uh, the director. Um, he plays the character and he's kind of iconic for the role because uh, he, <laughs> in the second one, spoiler alert, cuts off his hand to have a chainsaw um, and puts the chainsaw on his hand. So I guess that's pretty, pretty memorable. And uh, it's one of his biggest roles. Um, basically, after three movies, they uh, created a TV show called Ash vs. Evil Dead. Uh, which is kind of a modern take on the movies and kind of um, episodic way of viewing the story, which can kind of take it further than the movies. Cause you know, the movies you only get like an hour, an hour and a half, whereas a TV show got around eight to 10 episodes, something like that. So it's kind of a cool way to explode, explore the day to day with that uh, franchise and what could happen. And then um, I think with Ash versus evil dead, that's uh, my long winded way of saying that's the show I wish could have continued. Cause it only ran for three seasons. And to me, what I think was so great about it was uh, it was just a fun, didn't take itself too seriously, like explosive, like like kind of version of what the a lot of people liked in The Walking Dead. Speaking of The Walking Dead, as we mentioned earlier, I think this is everything that I used to like in Walking Dead, I felt could have been found in Ash versus Evil Dead. You know, like the big kind of bloody explosion fight scenes and the like hordes of like art like armies of zombie kind of things attacking people and kind of like a good sense of humor at the same time it wasn't too serious like walking dead so it diverged a little bit there but uh yeah i think it was just a fun show just kind of a like good thing to refer to in halloween it had likable characters and you know um i think bruce campbell played the role real uh, role really well and uh ran for three seasons but was uh unfortunately canceled after the third um yeah it was a good show <laughs> did you it's, watch it at all i i didn't but then i do know that uh ash evil dead the concept because i think they talk about the book of the damned um so it was actually used for a lot of the marvel zombies back in the day like 10 years ago that was pretty much the premise of like how zombies were introduced in the marvel universe and a lot of people really liked the marvel's zombies concept uh, at the time it was definitely mm-hmm. in the midst of the whole uh walking dead uh resident evil like movies all that was good taking place because hmm. you know how we like a whole um zombie phase right yeah in, in the world and marvel took advantage of that and they introduced it with they, they brought it up later on saying like oh this is the reason why we have zombies in this universe hmm. and they had numerous numerous spin-offs that happened over the years yeah, I do remember the zombie. Isn't that that's supposed to be like an upcoming Marvel thing, right? There's like a zombie version of certain characters, right? They did again, and it's already completed. And they it's did like, a different approach. Oh, they just completed like this month, I believe. They took a different approach. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, instead it hasn't of been released yet though. Uh, the the comics. 
Oh no, I'm talking about uh, there's supposed to be like a cart. You know, Marvel's doing like a few cartoons and whatnot. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, no. So like, I'm not aware of that then. Yeah, well, it's coming out either way. That should be kind of cool. Yeah, so they for this one, it's definitely different. Uh, it's not Ash Evil Dead. It's um, what is it? I'll let people. I'm not sure what the cartoon is going to show, but then I'll just let people find out if they have it if they are watching the cartoon. Spider Man versus Evil Dead. Tobey Maguire versus Evil Dead. <laughs> um who knows but anyways um yeah i think uh the show itself it is nice that it got three seasons but i think the reason i wish it had continued is the director sam raimi you know whose baby this is envisioned it for five seasons um and the way they end the third season i don't want to you know say a spoiler but was a very different <laughs> uh you know sometimes you see a show that's relatively the same for three seasons or a few seasons and then the very last scene kind of introduces a totally different game changer. Like, you're like thinking, wow, if they do another season, this next season is going to be very different. Uh, that's basically how season three ended. It uh, kind of had a more of a Mad Max vibe. Like it was going into a futuristic post-apocalyptic kind of world, which sounded super interesting to me. And um, the, they kept trying to really campaign for the show when it was around um, and like really trying to go hard for it. Cause it was actually shown on stars, you know, the platform that was the, uh tv service that it was played on and let's be real do you watch anything on stars because i don't <laughs> isn't it kind of like h they try to be like hbo where they also have like their own movie stuff yeah it's just it's that but it's like nowhere near as big you know what i mean it just doesn't mm-hmm. have the audience yeah yeah so i think that's a lot of the reason why it was canceled just exposure but um yeah just a bummer when a good like fun show that doesn't take itself too seriously and you can just not go you can kind of turn your brain off a little bit and just have a fun time with it and get all the all the things that you would have enjoyed in like a show like walking dead like i said i think you can get out of ash for evil dead so it's a bummer r.i.p maybe someday it'll come back who knows for those last two seasons but uh yeah recommend it all right my my choice so the other one that first came to mind was heroes absolutely loved it um obviously season one was great and looking back on it it was uh it was kind of like the boys um but definitely toned down but a little bit more real world it, it was like i think it was a healthy in the middle but obviously the story tanked like lost where i think it came during the time of lost so story got weird so unfortunately it got it did get canceled but my actual i just want a shameless plug there but the actual show I want to talk about is Marco Polo. Uh, it was a Netflix thing. Have you heard so of here, it? So, so Heroes was like a runner-up, like honorable mention almost. It was. It, 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 I was those two kind of came to mind uh, during the show, and then I had to debate internally during this time. This internal wrestling, that conflict that nobody will ever understand, which one do I talk about the most? Yeah, it's a hard – it's a really difficult debate to go through. But, uh, you know, I'm glad you didn't pick Heroes because – I don't know here. I never watched it, so I can't fully say, but I think it always seemed like an X-Men ripoff. I'm just like people with superpowers. Like, don't we already have this? Like, I don't know, but I don't know. was never into it, but I did hear really good reviews. And to be fair, I didn't watch it. So I don't know. Maybe I'll someday I'll check it out. Um, I mean, people hated it. And for me, it, it get kind of um, a little bit repetitive, a little bit um, like, where are you doing with this? Um, but yeah. Anyways, Marco Polo, Netflix. Have you heard of it? uh no i don't think so is it new or 
So it came out in 2014 and 2016. It lasted two seasons and it got cut. So going back on what you, actually your statement of like Netflix randomly cutting things, mm-hmm. this came to mind. And like, I think ratings wise, because Netflix isn't, isn't the most transparent, like their full ratings, because it's a subscription. You can watch it whenever you want. Yeah. It's not like, oh, we have this release this one week. Let's see what the stats are. No, it's people binge it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess community would have been another good one. Anyways, Marco Polo, I really enjoyed this one because it came out like in the middle of uh, House of Cards. So it was like an Asian version of House of Cards where it had politics, the seat, but in a warring thing because it's about how Marco Polo finding the Silk Road to the Mongol ruled area. But a lot of it was he had politics between the Catholic Church trying to do their deceitful thing going on to like we need to establish trade routes and then you have the uh internal the, the conflict in asia where like china versus mongolia at the time hmm. or the chinese empire not china but uh the chinese empire and so uh you had both kind of stories going on um you had the guy bandic wong who played wong in uh dr strange mm-hmm. as uh what is it genghis khan uh or is it kublai khan i feel like um, that guy's yeah. relatively popular right genghis khan did a a little bit, things. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Marco Polo, he's also famous. He's also more known for his old pool game where um, you close your eyes and yell Marco Polo. Anyways, um, thanks for explaining. I appreciate it. For also, the viewers who don't know what Marco Polo is, not the explorer. No, no, no not that guy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I actually have a question because I'm looking it up. It says uh, Benedict Wong was Kublai Khan. Is that the okay? Same? Kublai Khan. So, uh, um, Genghis Khan, I think, then was the um. The father and then Kublai Khan is the son. And so wow. Genghis Khan's already dead. All right. And it's about Kublai Khan's role. Okay. I get the age time a little bit mixed up. But yeah, so it was super cool because you had an amazing Asian cast. Oh, obviously there's going to be more shards thrown here because it's freaking ancient China. <laughs> um, but also you have the different politics going on. You have the wheeling and dealing. You have the deception. You have basically the... Um, the person running the show on the uh, the, Ch- the Chinese Empire side, like their own like coup d'état. Then you have internal conflict with the Kublai, uh, with the continent uh, empire. Hmm. And during this time, people have said like, yeah, no, they were brutal as hell and they raped and pillaged. But also they established culture and they established religion in the sense of like, we don't care what you believe in. We don't care how you worship. But as long as you honor me and you pay my taxes, I don't care. <laughs> pay my taxes i like it yeah but basically it's like as long as you're willing to be subjugated i don't care what you believe in in terms of your religion um you can believe that's god that's god whatever but at the end of the day as long as you realize that you're still under my rule that's fine okay um and so like they introduced another character historically accurate of like uh this female uh mongo who was uh very strong who like never lost a wrestling match so they explored this person historically. I mean, like, was it how em- Empress Chabi? Was that her? No, 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 it's not her. Okay. Um. So yeah, so it introduced like different like, okay, women empowerment for that, and a lot of like, okay, we have oh Game of Thrones. It was a lot of Game of Thrones esque, um, minus the dragons and the shitty everything. Um, you mean last season? <laughs> the whole entire last season, where it's like I don't know what the direction of this is going. Yeah. It became it became a little bit too artsy fartsy for us. Yeah, neither did um, the writers. <laughs> yeah, and then so this was it. This is like basically like the historical version of House of Cards 
and um, Game of Thrones. Uh, nudity. I think there's nudity in there or something for, for people who, who watch Game of Thrones for that reason. All there's right, that. now I'm in. Nothing you said sold me until you said nudity. Now I'm in. Just... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And and I, actually, yeah. And I watched it religiously, but unfortunately they canceled. I think it was another... It goes back to Netflix. Really doesn't... They don't really explain a lot of it. And it kind of... It frustrates me with Netflix where it's like, I enjoy a lot of the content that you produce, but because when you take them away and there's not too much context where like The Office was, oh, we just can't afford the $10 million or $100 million price tag to renew this again. All right, I can see that. But then for shows that they cancel, it's like, is it because of ratings? Is it because you didn't give a fuck? Yeah, where are we is, at with this? Yeah, it is a mystery. Although it's interesting. I did hear The Office actually, uh, I don't know if this is true, but I thought, uh, the guy that played Jim was asked about it and he said like he told the like showrunner he's like I think we should end it now like that was his personal take so I thought it was like kind of a like unanimous like kind of everyone was on the same page about ending it but oh no I, th- I meant like Netflix like canceling the office on their subscription oh oh gotcha sorry yeah I so like, like to renew them again on Netflix platform I think it was like a hundred million or something like that uh, it, was, yeah. it was an exorbitant amount and they just like we don't want to pay the price tag yeah fun fact me and christine have been watching a lot of the office just because we know it's going in like a month but, i have other uh, means of watching it it's fine <laughs> yeah totally legal but um yeah you know it's interesting i'm looking up marco polo and uh first season has 33 percent on ron tomatoes second has a hundred percent so you've picked two shows that had not great first seasons and then apparently amazing second seasons uh i mean like i don't i personally just don't use Ron Tomatoes as a benchmark, but if that's a telling sign of like Netflix just fucking it up, then yes, it is. Because it's like, wow, they're doing well, but then they chose not to invest in this. Why did you not choose to invest in this? Yeah, I wonder if budget. Did it seem like it had a high budget with like all the action and scale of the show, maybe? Um, I mean, you're filming in the fucking like tundra desert. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, I guess like, I don't know about budget, actually, to be honest. Uh, I can't answer that. Because that's kind of how I justify like a show like Fuller House still going on while like Daredevil got canceled. Because if you look at Fuller House, I'm sure that has a lower budget than Daredevil or something. That's like going that. on. Is it? I assumed it was. Let's I have see. no idea. I don't watch this show. I'll look I don't it watch up. this crap. <laughs> Josh trying to hide it. He secretly loves Fuller House. I have no idea what Fuller House is about. It's uh, it's it's the worst of white people. Oh, it ended this year. Oh, okay, well, there you go. It had how many episodes? 75, though. So that's kind of how I justified in my mind. If it just seems like budget sometimes. Some scales just some shows just have a bigger scale and require more, I don't know, locations and editing and et cetera and money. And I don't know. It seems like the more big balls out shows are likely to get canceled in that reason, unless they're really, really successful, like a Game of Thrones type of thing. But I don't know. Maybe that's not the case. But who knows? Well, anyways, do you think uh, do you think anyone will ever pick it up? I mean, the longer time goes, the less likely it gets picked up, right? So unlike which I'm called Lucifer, that show um bored out of my mind halfway through season one, but people love it. That got picked up. Brooklyn Nine Nine that got picked up. So yeah, I feel like if it doesn't get picked up within less than a year or so then it's not going to do well it's never going to come back unless somebody who's a multi-billionaire and just has nothing better to do with their money wills it back Hmm. yeah you know following up on the money thing too i just looked it up and it said the series two seasons resulted in a 200 million dollar loss for netflix damn 
and the cancel and the decision to cancel the series was jointly taken by Netflix and the Weinstein Company. Holy shit, is that Harvey Weinstein? Ugh. Probably because of the fucking Weinstein Company. <laughs> yeah, not because of the show, just because of the association. Um, Damn straight. <laughs> well, that's a bummer. Well, at least they got two seasons, so. I think that's of all the shows we mentioned. That's like the lowest amount of seasons. Most things we talked about at least had like three to five. But um, there, I think one example that kind of gives me hope. I don't know if this will be the case for any of the shows we talked about, but uh, you never watched Twin Peaks, right? No, I know you talk about it a lot. Yeah, I used to love it because I think it was kind of the precursor to Stranger Things and Lost a little bit. Um, and the first kind of like drama that had some weird supernatural mystery kind of just strange vibe and just being an hour-long show because it came on like early 90s um when you know it was mostly seinfeld and sitcoms like that cheers you know um so this was i think it was really ahead of its time as far as doing the hour-long or longer kind of procedural show that had growth and it was just very bizarre and had a cult following and um uh the, it ran for two seasons in the early 90s and then it got canceled but uh 33 years uh 33 years later they uh had a season three so not impossible we'll see unless i become that multi-billionaire and i resurrect all the shows that i like it ends up becoming like a billion dollar loss that's what this podcast is all about we're gonna it's we're raising funds for that this is our basically our gofundme to just resurrect the shows that we miss <laughs> Yeah, so please DM us on our Instagram. We'll send you our Venmo. Please Venmo us the money, and we I swear it's going to go to resurrect TV shows. <laughs> yeah, we're honest about the TV shows we love. We love them so much. Normally, we would lie, but we just love these shows so much that it's it's all pure. Absolutely, 100% pure. And on that note, we hope everybody stays safe, especially during the uh, holidays. Do you want to do a plug about like seasonal depression? Take care of yourselves, especially during the holidays. COVID is going up. Stay the fuck indoors for all the people that are partying. Like, I have a ton of people partying right now on Instagram, and I'm like, y'all don't feel death. Fear death. All right. Actually, it's actually what I'm about to go do right now. Yeah, no you mad. little shit. Yeah, it's going to do it indoors, going to cough on everyone that I can see. Little shit. <laughs> That's <Anyways>. my message. <laughs> Take care, everybody. All right. Have a good one. Bye bye. <laughs>